ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal land. This is ABC News Daily. If you've ever been to a home auction, you'd know how stressful it can be and how hard it is to become the successful bidder. Well, unlike elsewhere in the world, in Australia, it's often the preferred sale method, so it can be hard to avoid the process. Add to that the vicious cycle of interest rate hikes and the possibility of another rate increase next week, and it's just really hard to get into the market right now. Today, the head of the Australian Housing and Urban Research Institute, Michael Fotheringham, on why we're so addicted to auctions and who they're really benefiting. I'm talking about Marvin Ishmael, the team from the studio estate agents. Welcome here to number 25, Aruma Avenue in incredible and carefree Kellyville. Now, before we get you back to your long weekend, I want to get to your thoughts and feelings as far as the price is concerned. Need to rip through those T's and C's. You can't miss them. Michael, the process of buying a house, it's pretty stressful. But then if you bring in the auction process, my gosh, you're at another level, right? It is incredibly tense, both for the person buying and for the person selling. Absolutely. I mean, it's a huge purchase in any person's life. And the process of the auction really gets people going, really gets the adrenaline running. One extremely well positioned and a highly desirable, ultra convenient blue ribbon location encapsulating all the wonderful things that the north, northwest region of Sydney has to offer. And that sense of possibility, but also that sense of, you know, terror at the amount of money you're about to spend. Here it is, at a million five hundred and twenty thousand bids on my left, right here. One five five. One five and six now. One five six. One five and six now. Once at a million eight hundred thousand, it goes twice, third and final. Yeah, have you ever bid at an auction before? I have. I've, I've bid at about a dozen auctions in as many weeks during during one of the previous bubbles and yes. it becomes a really nerve-wracking process and you get, you get emotionally invested in every potential home you're looking at and then the sort of sense of disappointment for the ones that don't work and the sense of buyer's remorse when you do get one. Have we got the right thing? It's oh. it's a nerve-wracking process all round. It's an emotional roller coaster. that is for sure. I have been to a few auctions in the past little while. One of the ones I went to, actually, there was a guide, you know, this it's going to sell for around this much money. And it ended up going for a million dollars more than that guide, which was interesting. It's extraordinary how often the guide is lower than the final price. Yes. There is a method to developing those guides. It's based on other sales in the area of similar properties, but somehow... We always seem to be going above that guide rather than falling below it. It's very frustrating for buyers as well because you know, you're told, oh, yes, this will go between you know, X and Y and it ends up selling for, for twice that. You feel deceived. And, yeah. But no, I think what a lot of buyers do is, is just factor that in and think, well, whatever they're saying, it's going to be half as much again. Are auctions, Michael, the main way that we actually sell houses in Australia? In some parts of Australia, yes. In some parts of Australia, very much no. 
In places like Sydney and Melbourne, they're quite a dominant part of the housing market of sales, and private sales are much less common. So it's really quite different in different parts of the country, and part of that is about history of, of housing demand. And, you know, auctions work best when there's a lot of demand, a lot of competition for the property, where there's multiple buyers who are keen on getting this property. Private sales work better where there's less demand and you're not sure you're going to get a crowd together, so you put it up for private sale and get the best you can. I was looking at the data for a recent weekend and there were a thousand auctions in Sydney, nearly 1,200 in Melbourne, 125 in Adelaide, 10 in Perth and three in the whole of Tasmania. So there's this really weird variation across the country in, mm. in the sorts of numbers we're seeing at auction. And, and certainly Melbourne and Sydney are leading the way with the most property sales through that mechanism. Part of that's just the overall number of sales going on. But the proportions tend to be reasonably stable in each of our cities at, at quite different levels, with sort of Sydney at the very top of that and then Canberra and Melbourne, then Adelaide, Brisbane a bit below that, and Perth right down the bottom, very unlikely to do auctions. The Perth model is actually a bit more like other parts of the world. So in the US, auctions are rare. And in fact, auctions really only are done where either very boutique properties, very top of the range, you know, Beverly Hills Mansion type stuff, or um, foreclosures. So Australia is unusual in having more auctions than, than perhaps North America and Europe, but that's largely for historical reasons or, or just sort of curiosity of the way things have evolved in different cities. Yeah, all right. So, Michael, if more competition means more auctions, do auctions then have an effect on the property prices overall? Do they drive prices higher? Well, look, maybe a little, but they're not the reason we have very high housing prices. They're, they're just the mechanism for the transaction and and really they reflect the level of demand there is or, or the level of supply there is, depending on how you want to look at that. But they're not the factor that, that's created our high housing prices. It's a whole lot of tax settings. It's, it's the overall supply issue rather than the method of sale. Okay. What about transparency? I mean, is options more transparent? <laughs> oh, gosh. Sorry. <laughs> How to answer the question of transparency when it comes to house sales. In theory, auctions are, are great for transparency. You know, you have a crowd of people standing on the street outside of a property and raising their hand if they want to offer mm -hmm. more money. From that perspective, it's, it's that's a good and an appropriate process. We have had instances of blind auctions where people are doing this by phone and they're not in the room. You can't actually see that there's someone else. You're just told there's been another bid. Mm -hmm. Those really are not appropriate and, and, and largely not legal and, and probably an outdated thing these days that don't happen so much now. But the idea of a group of people standing there on the street and raising their hand when they're the one you know, want to go a little bit further should be good and transparent. And one of the changes we had in, in recent decades was getting rid of dummy bids. We used to have... A friend of the, the person selling could put up their hand and push the price up and push the price up, but they're not actually trying to buy and everyone, you know, the the, mm. the auctioneer and, and the vendor know we're not taking those ones seriously. They're just there to push the market. That was got rid of. Instead, we have vendor bids where quite transparently the, the auctioneer will say, I'm putting in a vendor bid for this much. And it's a weird little quirk where they try to drive it up, but it's visibly from the seller. Mm, is there anything like undisclosed vendor bids still, or you think that's been wiped out? There shouldn't be. It is entirely possible that people are still doing dummy bids, you know, which an undisclosed vendor bid is a dummy bid. But there's there's not a lot of data to, to back that up at the moment. All right. So what effect, though, if there is dummy bids, undisclosed vendor bids, and we've already spoken about underquoting, 
that must all have an effect on a house price. Yeah, that creates a false sense of or an exaggerated sense of competition and pushes price up when, when that does happen. But look, to be honest, I think we're at a point in our housing markets in, in most parts of the country where that's not even needed. There's enough competition and, mm. and enough desperation to get into the, the property market. All right, well, it does seem like every few months we're hearing about property prices going up and up. They just keep rising. CoreLogic housing data showed prices rose 0.8% nationally in September. The biggest monthly rises were in Adelaide, which grew 1.7% in September. Brisbane and Perth home values both grew 1.3%, while Sydney's jumped by 1%. The housing market is only about 1% away from being at new record highs. And that comes in spite of four rate rises through the start of the year. Give me your response to, you know, the property prices in Sydney, in Melbourne. You know, it's it's incredible, really, isn't it? We we have very expensive housing in this country compared to to most other places. At the same time, we're attached to the idea or or the the sort of the almost a fiction of the, the quarter-acre block with a hill's hoist out the back, Victor Mower underneath it and so on. This sense that we can't move into sort of medium density, but actually people who have moved into medium density housing have found that it's a really good lifestyle and, and you know, more similar to, to what we see in places like Europe. We're going to have to think about our housing differently over time if, if we're going to have functional cities because we can't just keep sprawling further and further out. Mm. We need to actually start thinking about smaller property sizes, particularly sort of underused backyards and so on. Yes, the granny flat. (laughs) Well, that's right. This is why several states have started looking at granny flats as how do we rent those out on the rental market as as smaller housing. We do need much more diversity of our housing supply. We tend to have whole suburbs of three and four bedroom houses and then other suburbs of dense housing. But as people get older and, and want to age in place, they're looking for something smaller, but they're also looking for that thing to be in the area they know, where their social network is, where the services they're familiar are. So we need to have that diversity of supply in every area. Mm. Granny Flats is a really great way to do that. A report by town planning researchers Alenda and property data analyst CoreLogic found more than 650,000 two-bedroom Granny Flats could be built tomorrow, and that's just in the three biggest cities. On the sale of houses, though, can we do anything better? Should there be more regulation in place to protect all parties? Well, I think most states have been looking at the regulation around auctions and really trying to tighten up, particularly on the underquoting or the perception of underquoting. And I, su- I suspect that's kind of an inevitable feature of of auctions that, um, as I say, when the real estate agent sets what they think it's going to go for, the vendor then reads that and thinks, well, I want more. Yes, of course. And so they're always going to be, you know, looking to get prices higher than that range. I think what's tricky is where the vendor has a reserve that's unrelated to or quite different from the the advertised range. That's where things come unstuck because if, if a property's been advertised at, say, 800000 to a $1 million, but the vendor has decided that their reserve is 1.5 and the property's passed in at 1.3, all the people at the auction can feel aggrieved because they've been told it's going to go between 800000 and a million and at 1.3, it's still not for sale. That's where it seems unfair. So so connecting that range to the reserve is, is the challenging part. And of course, the vendor has the right to change their mind about what their reserve is on the day, mm. which means the advertised range is sort of thrown out the window. Uh, it's, it's a tricky, messy little spot there where because people are so invested in these decisions, 
we really care about how it's done and, and you know, any sense of unfairness is, is really focused on. Yeah. And so what's your tip then if you're heading off to an auction? What should we bear in mind? Well, whatever the advertised range is, it's going to be higher is, is, my, <laughs> is frankly the truth of it. So I think a lot of people who are buying have come to realise that and, and, and treat those ranges with a degree of contempt, frankly, and, and sort of a cynicism around them. Because the, the lived experience is time and again, whatever the, the advertised range is, it's going to go higher. Knowing how much higher is it really comes down to experience. You have to go to enough of these things to get a sense of that market in the area you're in and for the sort of property you're looking at. For me, that was going to a dozen different auctions and, and bidding in about a 10-week period. Yes. That's not an unusual experience these days. No, this doesn't sound very fun. <laughs> no, no, it is not. <laughs> Michael Fotheringham is the head of the Australian Housing and Urban Research Institute. If you want to know more about inflation rates and the RBA's tricky choice on Melbourne Cup Day next week, we covered that on Thursday last week, and that's in your feed. This episode was produced by Bridget Fitzgerald, Sam Dunn and Anna John, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is David Cody. I'm Sam Hawley. To get in touch with the team, please email us on ABC News Daily at abc.net.au. Thanks for listening. Listener.